0: Hi everyone, my name is Sophia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Today it is Bennett and I to go through a decently long uh, list of Seattle sports. Um, it's funny because most of this took place on May 15th. There was... There were three different games that took place on May uh, 15th, so let's get into it. Um, There is some Seahawks news today. It's a mix of schedule-related information as well as rookie minicamp. They will go through the regular season schedule here, I think, next week uh, when we can get everybody, Bennett. We should do um, Yeah, – we'll go down the list and we'll –
0: Early season preview, I should say.
1: Yep, yep. Did I tell you guys that already? Or no, I just thought so about it to too. To yeah.
0: Lake. I got you.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, um, there's some really interesting games to look at because, uh, what, you know, whether it's who we're playing or, uh, the situation that we're playing them in. Uh, so let's just get into it. So, week one, the team will start the season off at Indianapolis versus the Colts, taking on newly acquired quarterback for the Colts, Carson Wentz, <clears> uh, behind a good line, um,
0: and some better coaching
1: and some better coaching, you know, reunite him with his, uh, his QB coach, um, and a defense that, you know, really isn't bad at all. So that'll be a good early test. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm impartial about that game. We'll, we'll talk about it more uh, next week, but you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this team comes out in the first week, but obviously we know this team doesn't really get rolling right away all the time. Last year, you, you know, might've been an exception. Um, week two they will start the home open. where they will open the uh, season at home versus the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry week three, the team will travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings uh, in their first regular season contest in Minnesota. And this is the first time in uh, shoot, a good amount of years uh, that the team will play against the Vikings away because it seems like forever that the team has been playing the Vikings at home and in prime time. This game is also not in primetime. Um, Week four, the team will travel down to Santa Clara to play the uh, 49ers. Week bang, five,
0: bang, niner bang.
1: I should kick you off for that right now. <laughs> uh, week five, the team will get their Thursday night football game versus the LA Rams at home. Week six, uh, the team will travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers on Sunday night football. Week seven, the team will come back home to play the New Orleans Saints and either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston uh, on Monday night football. The team will then have another home game in week eight versus the Jacksonville Jaguars and the blonde man himself, Trevor Lawrence, unless something unforeseen happens. Uh, and the team's bye week comes in week nine. You know, right in the kind of in the smack middle. I can't really complain about that bye week. You know, it's not like a week four bye week. That would be <laughs> pretty atrocious. It's, it's not horrible. Obviously, I'm sure you'd like to have it later, right? right. But, um, it doesn't it doesn't seem too bad. Um, week ten, the team will travel to Green Bay to play the Packers. Rutro. That never seems to go well, but considering what's happened over the offseason with the possibility of Aaron Rodgers being in a different uniform. Oh, you said he... Well, you know, he might not be on that team anymore. So. Yeah,
0: he well he might not be Cheese Man anymore, which Well
1: uh, we'll see. Obviously there really hasn't been much development in what last week or two.
0: Yeah, not since the story first broke.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we'll see. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, it's it's the team hasn't won in Lambeau in the regular season in a long time. Uh, week 11, the team will come back to Seattle to play the Cardinals. And uh, in week 12, the team will travel back to Washington. Uh, still don't have an official name for them yet. They're still playing with the football team. Uh, they'll travel back to Washington again, similar to last year on Monday Night Football and take on them. Uh, Week 13 versus the 49ers uh, at home will be a Sunday night football game, uh, which is the last of the five primetime games that the team has for now. I'm sure, you know, maybe one of the later games could be flexed. Uh, Week 14, the team will play down, will travel down to Houston to take on the Texans. Uh, In week 15, they will stay on the road um, at the Rams. Week 16 and 17, the team will stay at home and they will play the Bears and the Lions respectively. And then in week 18, which is the first time I'm saying that the team will travel down to Arizona to finish out the season against the Arizona Cardinals. So that is your full 17 game schedule for your Seattle Seahawks. Still going to be something to get used to. You know, we're used to thinking about uh, 13 and three records, 12 and four, 11 and five, 10 and six. <laughs> we're going to get away from that. You know, it's 10 and seven now, 12 and five. Uh, I don't know. And they sound ugly too. They do sound ugly. <laughs> it's it's not even, you know. Twelve and four, that's a nice record. Thirteen and three, you had a pretty damn good year. Twelve
0: and five, eh, you thirteen know. and four,
1: ugh. And yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. But what, the, the, Grants, heck,
0: the worst one is fifteen and two. Disgusting.
1: Sixteen and one.
0: Not as bad, in my be.
1: <laughs> not, still, yeah. It's it's a money thing. We all knew that. Um, and then actual team uh, personnel related news: uh, rookie mini camp took place over the last weekend. Uh, some pretty, uh, well, not pretty important, but some notes to take a look at from the rookie mini camp. Uh, Daryl Taylor was said to look like he is in great shape. Um, he's going to take snaps at outside linebacker and defensive end. Um, the team is confident in his uh, athletic ability and versatility to be able to work in both, you know, be in coverage and rush the passer. So that's something interesting to note. Um, The belief in quotes from coach Carroll is that he's, his leg injury is behind him, but also Taylor himself in his own press conference said that um, similar to what Tyler Lockett said about his leg injury um, is that it'll never truly be behind him more so in the way that it's affected him and it'll, it, it's affected him and it, it's, it's not like he's, you know, come back 110%, I guess, if that makes sense. It's, it's uh, something that affected him. He said he was uh, good to go and really got over the hump of the injury around January when the team was in the playoffs and he was upset that he wasn't uh, able to contribute, but he still believes going into this year that he's going to be able to contribute in the NFL. Um, I'm excited to see it. I was excited with his pick last year. Obviously it was difficult not having him uh, be able to get through that leg injury, but um, the outside linebacker thing is something that's interesting to me to note just because of knowing him as a primarily pass rushing player, as well as the fact that this team has not yet resigned KJ Wright. So um, interesting to note, Mr. Taylor there, Bennett, if you have something to say, please, please feel free to interrupt me. Um, Um,
0: well, you know, I, uh, he's a conundrum to me, Taylor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause like I said, I liked the pick, but in the day, it's like, uh, and, and, and sometimes these guys can't help these injuries. Right. But, uh, it's, it'll be, it's something to note to see what it means that that leg injury won't ever really fully be behind him. You know what I mean?
0: Especially, you know, looking at Seattle's recent draft history in terms of uh never touching the field.
1: Yeah, that's kinda where my mind went when I was thinking about that. And I would like to not think about that. I did hear actually that Malik McDowell was getting a uh workout with a team.
0: <laughs> so. I think he got signed. Oh you're kidding. I believe the – if you can believe it, I believe the Browns signed him. Just uh,
1: not – Oh, they did.
0: Wow. So –
1: Hey, man. You know, if he's able to pull it together, he hasn't been in the league. He hasn't been on a team since 2018. So, you know, hey, if he's able to contribute, go right ahead. But (sighs) – and you know, until until that some some changes in his career, he'll be one of the he'll be one of the bigger busts in Seahawks history. Um did you have anything else to add there?
0: No, not 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 really.
1: Um, and continuing, wide receiver Kay Johnson is not quite ready to participate full time yet. He was dealing with a groin injury. Uh Coach Carroll said that he likes stone fourth ice size and ability and overall just kind of
0: uh he said he really liked it
1: well, well basically he said it.
0: he's a strong and beautiful man he
1: did i don't know about the beautiful part but he did no, go he into, called him
0: beautiful he said he's got like a tall and beautiful athletic body or something like that something, something
1: like that he was he was really uh, raving about Forsyth, which is a good i, I hope it's a good thing
0: I mean, you obviously know, it's
1: gotta to translate to the field, but um,
0: exactly. We we talked about that when he got drafted. I mean, we were pretty impressed by his uh, height and weight because he's big, a, he's a big dude. He's a big dude, and that's I mean, he's a just-
1: throw you at the club type of guy. Oh yeah. Um, but obviously, like, has to translate. But it's uh, you know, having a big model like that protecting your very expensive quarterback, not, not a bad thing. Um, and continuing with offensive line. Uh, mini camp news coach Carroll is also excited about interior offensive line Pierre Olivier Lestage I have no idea if I butchered that um, and he will take snaps at guard primarily but also took snaps at center that is something to note maybe potential competition for Ethan Posich um, Dwayne Eskridge who has said that he goes by D as in like the letter D um, okay. has shown obvious speed and explosiveness something that is to be expected from him. That's something that he's known for um, and did blow by uh rookie cornerback Trey Brown on a few deep balls. So,
0: and his, uh his separation off of press coverage is ridiculous, especially since he's kind of, I mean, he's an undersized receiver.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and dare I make the parallel that he's a lot like Tyler Lockett in the way that just his sheer speed. And I mean, cleverness gets him, Gets these defenders off of him pretty easily. So I, I'm looking out for, uh, I, I want to see how he develops through the camp.
1: Well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because in talking about Eskridge, um, it's very important to note this about the uh, for main camp. Carroll said that he fell in love with Shane Waldron's system that he's bringing over to the team. Um, and someone like Eskridge with that separation, you know, while playing with guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett his sort of speed should really be able to open things up or he could get open. And that sort of thing should just benefit a Russell Wilson and company. So, um, Estridge, I mean, I think he commented on it. He said that, uh, Waldron's offense is something is more complicated than what he did in college, which I think that's usually should be a given, um, to give or take a few different college programs in the way they run things, but um, he, he's, you know, when we drafted him, that's some, that was like one of the first things I thought about, not because, Oh, this guy is five, eight, you know, he's from a small school. I was like, this guy, if he's fast, like they're talking about, and he's this kind of guy, he's someone that would fit perfectly in that system and would be a good contributor. Um, So it's, it really is going to be something to watch to see how this offense is established and how these are, how our players are used really is what I'm looking into. Cause a lot of times it's like, Oh, you know, insert one of these position players has these abilities. Why isn't he being used in these different concepts? We're probably going to see that more with Mr. Waldron here. And that's no dig it. Brian uh, Schottenheimer it's just something that's different with a Shane Waldron offense that he brings from LA. Uh, with how they use different things and how they get the ball in players' hands and different concepts and uh variations. Um, something that kind of relates to what Ben and I were talking about before we started here, uh in league news, that's we, we get in the way here from Rookie Minicamp. Uh the NFL will allow some people um in NFL facilities to go maskless. Uh the league says that fully vaccinated staff and players do not have to wear masks. Um so that's something to note um as we continue on throughout this pandemic. We are not over it yet. I hope that's still known. Um interested to see how the league con- continues to progress forward, um, especially as we continue to move forward here towards different camps uh for different teams. Um looking ahead for this team, I mean it just we're still kind of continuing through the offseason and throughout uh well, my, uh, different camps um so we're getting there but the, the draft and uh, mini camps always kind of make it feel like the season's closer than it is so we, we've still got some time for the Seattle mariners in the last week uh may 11th at the la dodgers they lost six to four player of the game mitch Haniger, two hits two runs two rbis may 12th at the dodgers in the second game of the two game series they would lose seven to one uh, D.H. Ty France had my player of the game note with uh, one hit and one run. May 13th versus Cleveland, the team would lose 4-2. to two. I had Dylan Moore here with one hit, one run, and two RBIs. Jared, Jared Kelnick would debut in this game. Same with Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert, uh, he gave up a couple runs. Um, he did have 5Ks, but again, something that's important to note with both of these guys, both of them already had a lot of pressure on them. Just because of how many people wanted them to get called up, just like that, and wanted them to be called up on the opening day roster, you know. Um, so I think before I continue here, it's very important to note this and note, as Bennett was talking to me earlier, that Jared Kelnick's 21 years old, he's pretty damn young, and he already he's a guy that puts enough pressure on himself. And has enough pressure on him, considering how many people wanted him up uh, with the big guys um, f- from opening day. Uh, so, taking into that account, taking that into account, uh, shouldn't always expect uh, this next game, on May fourteenth versus Cleveland, all the time. But it's it's a preview of what this guy's capable of. Uh, May fourteenth versus Cleveland, the team would won would win seven to three. Jared Kelnick had my player of the game honors. I don't think you could give it to anybody else in that game. Uh, with three hits, two runs, and three RBIs, those three hits would be two runs. I mean, a two-run homer uh, on his first hit. He's the first minor to homer in his as his first major league hit since Kyle Lewis in September of two thousand nineteen versus the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and Kelnick with those two hits uh, outside of the homer had two doubles um i believe he was the 18th player in history to 18th or 8th i know it had an 8 in it um to have i don't remember the stat completely i'm not even gonna try um whoa is that correct did the team have back-to-back seven to three wins um no (laughs) yes they did did we really 14th and 15th yeah so yeah
0: i guess we did because that next game was the hanninger uh like
1: the first uh that was he uh who that was the first run um oh sorry i'm just i think that's kind of cool um in may 15th versus cleveland they would win seven to three as noted there uh i had dylan moore here as my player of the game uh, with a one hit one run and three RBIs just simply because he accounted for four runs there. Um Dylan Moore's had a better last eight games and I've been I've given Dylan Moore some criticism but to his point he's he's, he's not bad and I would be glad if he continued to prove me wrong. I would be very okay with that. <laughs> and then in May 16th game versus Cleveland the team would win seven uh, no Win 3-2, uh, play of the game to be Mitch Hanniger with two hits, two runs, and two walks on two at-bats, so perfect two for two there. Uh, we will not have May seventeenth game just because we're recording this on Sunday, and I thought that we might be on time constraints, which I realized too late, but that's okay. Um,
0: I'll, of I'll, put out a fu- I'll put out a fake score for them.
1: No, it's deception. 25-3. to
0: 3.
1: That sounds like Everett's game today. <laughs> Everett has been pretty good. Something to note, uh Julio Rodriguez down there has been going absolutely crazy. So I wouldn't I wouldn't uh discount him being in Tacoma pretty soon, huh? Um Player of the Week. I had Mitch Hanniger over the last seven days. Uh he had 24 in 24 at bats. He's got seven hits, five runs, four home runs, six RBIs, a two nine-two average, uh three two zero OBP. Uh, seven nine two slugging, uh, one point one one OPS. He is a currently for the season. He's got a one point three WAR, um, and he's tied with Aaron Judge, Ronald Acuna Jr., and uh, Otani, uh, Shoei Otani, for the MLB lead in home runs with twelve. So, I think if you're looking at this baseball team on paper, uh, Mitch Haniger is. To me, I think it's pretty clear he's the best player right now. Um,
0: and I mean we knew that. I mean, yeah, yeah. But he just continued to
1: prove it, you know, You're week right. by week. Um, so that's my pick, Bennett.
0: Yeah, he, he's the second most experienced player on the team in terms of you know time on the team too, which is saying something because he's not been here that long. No, but. In terms of player of the week, and uh, I'm going to go for the fan pick here just because uh, it was such an electrifying moment. I'll I'll hand it to our good friend, Jared Kelnick. Um, I think to be a rookie and to get called up and to have that pressure, I mean, and I heard a pretty good analysis of it by one of the commentators. I wasn't exactly paying the most attention, but, you know, your blood's pumping, your heart's racing, your... Your brain's going a million miles a minute, so you're going to be ahead of the ball a little bit. In that second game, I think we started to see what Kelnick could be. He was rooted. He was focused. He had those three hits, and I think that... I mean, it was a show of how good this guy is. Um, So to see him go out there and have a good game is what influenced me to have him be my player of the week, just because... um, he might only have those three hits to his name right now, but it's the start of something I think that's gonna be a lot bigger than just those three hits, so I'm excited to see where he goes next. The real pick here is hanninger don't make don't make a mistake, but I'll give it to Kelnick for the fan pick
1: and I think like like we said, you know he's very young um And Jerry DePoto said, um, earlier in the week, he said, these guys in referring to, uh, Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert, they're going to help us win ball games. Um, and I, I believe that. And it's just, I, I, I need people to be patient again. I get it. Some people have been patient for the entirety of this organization's, you know, existence. I just got to wait a little bit longer. Um,
0: I mean the the what's it called the Cubs waited forever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: waited ninety some yeah. odd years. So, um, uh, I'm in it for the long haul.
1: Yeah, people can be a little bit more patient. I mean, uh, where was it going with that? I don't, you know, uh, with what we've got now, and even yeah. with the the current slate of guys who are still in the minors, I think we're in good shape. I really do. Um, and having an outfield of Kelnick, Lewis, and
0: Hanniger is pretty nice. I um, uh, you mean, you can't super hold your breath with uh, with Hanniger. Cause Donna-
1: I don't know, man. See, and I've been saying this, right? Earlier in the season and even before this, I was like, okay, Mitch is great, but at some point he's got to go. But I'm you know with the way he's been with just how his level of play has been it's. i've 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 had some people tell me they're like i don't know if you can just get rid of a a proven guy like that and i mean if we look at how old he is and unless i somehow missed a number in his age he's only i mean he's 30 he's not that old um so, you know, it's, I don't know. It's a difficult decision for me because, you know, Tremel's down in Tacoma right now and he's been playing really well. And Julio Rodriguez is in Everett and he's been playing really well. But, but neither
0: of those guys are necessarily ready. I mean, we already saw it with Tremel. I don't think they're necessarily ready to.
1: Yeah. And those guys still have to continue to progress and in baseball it's not necessarily like basketball or in some cases football where it, not really cases football um and more so basketball you know you can come and be a really young dude you do one and done and then you're in the league you know um, yeah a lot of the times in baseball young really isn't is like what mid-20s yeah if you're in the league and you're young you're 25 yeah something like that so like guys like kalnick um
0: Literal like children. out Yeah. There.
1: So you know, there's there's patience to be had, um, and but you know, yeah, with Hanniger that's it's it's really tough for me. If I was in Jerry Depoto's shoes right now, it's almost like it's a good problem to have. You know, it's
0: a great problem to have, but um, all at the same time. There's a lot of things to take into consideration. Yes, yes. I mean, we've been saying you got to be patient. And part of that patience is you're going to see a lot of these guys leave the team. Uh, Nelly, Gene Seguro is probably the most heartbreaking one in my mind because he was an all round good player. He wasn't just a boomstick. Um, you know, you're going to see this revolving door of pretty big names go through your team. But the reason they're doing that is to get this capital and uh, hopefully in four years you end up with another Kelnick. Uh, it's just about trusting that process. And if Mitch leaves, it's just a part of that. But at the same time, can you really afford him leaving? So yeah, I agree with you. It's a, it's a conundrum, but it is a good conundrum to have. Yeah,
1: so I don't, you know, if if you were to put me on the spot and ask me what I do with that guy, I, couldn't, I can't tell you. I really can't. But, you know, for now, it's about getting guys like Kelnick and Gilbert and even guys like Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis hasn't played a full 162-game season yet. So, you know, getting him and um, mm, I'm still mom on our catchers. I still am. You know, still Justin Dunn and Justice Sheffield having them continue to go out there. Still Logan Gilbert, like I said, made his debut. Um man, we gotta we gotta show some appreciation for Kendall Graveman. I know he's not young, but man, that guy he's got like a one point three war as a reliever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as like a and I mean like the dude will relieve whenever he has to. It's not like he's a middle reliever like some relievers are. It's not like he's a late reliever like some relievers are. Dude was just like, Oh, you want me to go in?
1: Pretty no. much, yeah. Because like, I I think he came in in the other in one of the other days in like the sixth inning. and then I think today he came in and closed. So Ken Legraven, man. It's it's a, it's it's a good time to be a Mariners fan. You know, I don't care what people say. I know we're twenty one and twenty. We're third in the L West right now. But I'm, I'm, I, I have enjoyment watching these guys every day. So, uh, like I said there, 21-20 and 20 is the team's current record. They're third in the AL West behind Houston and, uh, and uh, Oakland. Uh, there are some injury things to note. Evan White was placed on the 10-day aisle with a hip flexor issue, and Ty France was placed on the 10-day aisle with a left wrist inflammation. As a result of both of these moves, uh, Jack Mayfield and Donovan Walton were brought up from A Tacoma. Donovan Walton, notably in that uh, May 15th game, had a single and a two-run triple. So good for I you had to Walt. text
0: you to figure out who he was.
1: He was up in 2019. I don't think he came up in 2020. But, yeah, I was uh... – and then he played third today. He played third base, and Kyle Seeger was in the DH spot. Um, and then – and with – on the day that Kelnick and Gilbert were brought up for Thursday's game, uh, there were a lot of things that took place. Uh, so Logan Gilbert, Jared Kelnick, and Paul Seawald, who came out and had a hitless uh, three innings, I believe, in today's uh, May seventeenth, no May sixteenth game, uh, were all brought up from Triple A Tacoma. Aaron Fletcher, Wyatt Mills, Taylor Tremel were all sent down to Triple A Tacoma. Nick Morgavich's, and LJ Newsome were both placed on the 60-day injury list, uh, which really is sucky, but it's a long season. Uh, and then Braden Bishop was designated for assignment, which I don't like, but I'm hoping that um, he'll be able to stay with the organization. Uh, so that <laughs> – in the, in the day that Kelnick and Gilbert were brought up, a lot happened. Uh, so there's a lot of moving pieces in this organization – which you know with a lot of organizations is similar but just because of you know the farm system that we've got there's a lot to note and a lot of uh that you you really got to keep an eye on almost all the affiliates just because of you know uh what these guys are doing a guy like Noel V uh, Marte down I believe in Arkansas is still doing uh well down there so it's uh it's you, you go down to Ev- you can go down to Oklahoma, You can go up to Everett and watch guys that'll probably be contributing to this team. You know, uh, unless something unforeseen happens, uh, for year years a couple of year a year or two in the future or maybe down the line. So it's uh like I said, it's uh, it's exciting to me. Um, to note around the league, the only thing I have here is the MLB uh, and ESPN reached an agreement on a seven year extension. That will run through two thousand and twenty-eight. Uh, the MLB, no, not the MLB. The upcoming schedule for our Mariners: uh, May seventeenth and May May seventeenth through nineteenth, the team will play the Detroit Tigers in a three-game series to end out the homestand, and then they will go on the road. Uh, May twenty-first through twenty-third, they will play the San Diego Padres down in San Diego, and then May twenty-fourth, they will play down in Houston, down in Oakland for their first game, uh, first series against Oakland for the year. This is where we shoot it back to Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving Big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I just gotta say, uh, over there at Homs race, and the rest of the team are doing a, a great job at bringing a lot of different things um, to the table. he's been He's been a pretty busy dude. Um, I know that they're working on uh let me make sure I get this right. Uh, by name, I believe it's a, a larger women's line. Um, yes, women's season one. Um, there's a, they have a Seattle blue, blue hoodie now that works colorway wise for Kraken and Mariners games, uh, a hearts, all a hearts around design that's new. They're, he's doing a bunch of stuff. And it's like every other day I see something new from uh, from Homs. So uh, go check it out. It's H uh, O M S S E A T T L E.com. Go and check it out. Uh, they're doing a lot of great stuff over there. Uh, going into our Seattle Sounders, uh, who continue to roll. Uh, May 12th at the San Jose Earthquakes, the team would win one to nothing. This is a game, though, that there were some things that. Made it feel less like a win. Uh, Play of the game though, Christian rolled on with the one goal in the 18th minute. And I have to give props to his brother. So I don't know how much you followed it, Bennett. Okay. Uh, so it's, this team has Christian rolled on and Alex rolled on. Okay. They're brothers, right? Um, and Stephen Fry, our goalkeeper, got injured in this game late in the game. And with that being said, the team couldn't bring on the a backup keeper, right? So, so they had to put a guy from the field in the goal. Wow. And they put Alex Roldan in goal. So just for reference, uh let me get Alex Roldan's height here. Alex Roldon, oh he's 5'10, so he's not whole, he's not like short, but Alex Roldon goes in um and had three saves. <laughs> he had three saves uh against San Jose there. Uh so the team would hold on a win one to nothing in a pretty Damn, not bad. Imp- it, it, it when you got a guy like Stefan Fry, who's been this team's goalkeeper for a long time and he's been a great goalkeeper um to go down and then you had to put a guy in on the spot late in the game on a wednesday it was it, it's pretty interesting um uh but then let's continue the second game here may sixteenth versus l a f c at home the team would win two to nothing. Uh Z- Javier Ariega got a goal in the fifty-sixth minute uh on a header. And then Brad Smith in the seventy-third minute got a header. Uh Bald Brad continues to score uh to beat LAFC. Uh player of the game, I gave it to Javier just because it's his first career goal, uh, as well as helping Seattle keep LAFC off the board on the defensive end. Um, so two big wins there. Um, the team has not lost yet this year. Um Injury-wise, Jordy Dellum is the other injury from that San Jose game. Jordy Dellum and Stefan Fry uh, left that San Jose game with injuries. The official word now that has come out is that Jordy Dellum suffered an ACL injury that will require surgery. Uh, and Stephen Fry, uh, his injury is being termed as a sprained knee. Yeah. And he's expected to be out four to six weeks. Um, so uh, expect Stefan Cleveland so, we've got Stefan Fry Bennett and Stephen Cleveland. There's a, a Stephen thing going on here. Um,
0: Watch out, Hauschka.
1: Well, he's Stephen, and they, they spell it S-T-E-F-A-N. Like
0: Oh, sp- like Stefan.
1: Yes, different. Uh, we've, well, I guess they're pretty similar, you know, in a way. Um so those injuries, I mean, when you've got your goalkeeper, who's been a, a mainstay for your, your club for quite a long time, go down uh, in the early parts of the season, it's never a good thing, but this club has been resilient for years. Um, I remember in the eighteen season, I believe in the eighteen season, midway through the year, this team was losing a lot of games and wasn't in, they weren't at all looked at as a championship favorite. And what they do, um, and even in twenty, uh, this team had to go through some things and pl- uh, beat LAFC down on the road um, to get to the MLS Cup Championship, MLS Cup Final. So um, I fully believe in this club, and I don't think we're going to have to worry too much about them. Uh, team notes in partnership with Virginia Mason Franciscan Health, Sounders FC is tr- introduce vaccinated sections at Lumen Field beginning next match May twenty third. Uh, so for both the May twenty third match versus Atlanta United in the May 30th uh, concert versus... Concert? Contest? No concert. Contest versus Austin FC. Uh, vaccinated sections are being offered at the, at the games. Uh, the sections that are included um, as vaccinated sections are the Emerald City supporter section in the south end of Lumen Field, uh, the lower bowl 121 through 123, and section 304 and 309 in the East 300 level. So the 300 level is now being opened up for Sounders games. Um, and the team signs midfielder reed baker uh winning to a homegrown player player contract hometown is seattle so uh, and then i believe so bennett bennett and i were talking about um ages uh most mostly about guys like jared kalnick so take this into account bennett uh reed baker Whitting by the way made his uh mls debut at the later stage of the game around extra time for the sounders uh last night versus LA versus LAFC. Take, take a guess at how old do you think this guy is?
0: 16.
1: Yeah. Nice. He's 16. And he just played in the MLS last night. It wasn't for extended time, but. <laughs> He's 16. So it was really cool to see that. Um, the team's record is five, one and nothing. Well, and zero five, one and zero. Uh, They are currently number one in the Western Conference and number one in the MLS in points with 16 far and away. Well, not far and away, but they're the uh, MLS points leader right now. Their next game is May 23rd, Sunday, versus Atlanta United. Um, Seattle Storm. Woo, we are officially in regular season. I can remove the preseason label from them. Uh, And the season opener on Championship Banner Night, uh, the team would beat the Las Vegas Aces on May 15th. I think the teams beat Las Vegas like the last four games they've played uh in general. Because um, <laughs> the other games were finals games. Uh oh, season opener versus Vegas is yes, they would win um a ninety seven eighty three player of the game forward. Brianna Stewart Stewie had twenty eight points, thirteen rebounds, one assist and one block with a plus eleven plus minus. Um the uh, starting five. That? Huh?
0: Who's that? I'm not familiar.
1: Don't even joke about that. (laughs) The amount of things you could put in a trophy case for that woman is
0: incredible. Serious.
1: Um, The starting five for that game, something that's been interesting just because of how the team lost Alicia Clark, who had been a mainstay in the lineup and uh, Natasha Howard, who's with New York now Um, starting five would be Sue bird. That hasn't changed in years. Uh, Jewel Lloyd. Brianna Stewart, Candice Dupree, and Katie Lou Samuelson. I wasn't sure whether Katie Lou Samuelson uh, or Stephanie Talbot would be in the lineup, uh, in the starting lineup, just because Katie Lou had just come back pretty recently um, and Talbot had been with the uh, the team throughout preseason. Uh, but Katie Lou would end up getting the start there. Um, also to note, Sue Bird is now seventh on all-time points scored list, passing Lisa Leslie. Um, uh, but just to go over, uh, some other key things to note from the game, uh, Kenneth Dupree had 12 points. Uh, Katie Lou had five points on two for three shootings. he didn't shoot a bunch. She'd have six rebounds though. Uh, super at 11 points, uh, five rebounds, eight assists. Drew Lloyd, 22 points. Key contribution, key contributor there. Uh, Stephanie Talbot, six points and four rebounds off the bench. Edgy Magbogor, seven, uh, points. Um, what I just read? Oh yeah. Seven points, four rebounds. Jordan Canada, six points, uh, three rebounds, and six assists. Uh, Cannon Williams only got three minutes. And then uh, Kennedy Burke and Makai Herbert Harrigan did not play. Uh, But overall, the Storm offense continues to be a buzzsaw, and that hasn't changed um, for a while now. Um, No injury news, thankfully. How great is that here? You never... For me to go over a team's injury news and not have anything in there is always a good thing to note, as I knock on the wood. Um, but we do have to go through uh, team cuts and things like that uh, as the teams had to get down to official rosters. Uh, the team waived Tamira Ty Young, who was a veteran, and I was interested to see whether she'd make it or not. She did not make it to the final roster, and that's why something like a WNBA Expansion it's 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 inevitable. It's, just, it's I'm I'm hoping it's much sooner rather than later, just because there's so many talented women that don't make these rosters and they easily could uh if there were more teams. So uh Ty Young and Natalie Kukowski were waived. Um, let me there was a couple other moves. I believe the contracts of Epiphany Prince and Mercedes Russell are uh suspended for right now, uh, which is Interesting, because they're still um, – oh, no, I don't. They're still um, – I'm trying to remember what the de- – I think they're still dealing with uh, Euro League stuff. Um, so – Wait, it, are you
0: – like, hold on. So league suspensions carry on to the – No, 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 no.
1: I'm saying they're still, like, playing – They've Uh, they go through. They have to come back, and they've they haven't had time to spend time with the team. And I think there's the team still. So basically, it's like they're being put on the shelf for right now, and they're saying, "Okay, you guys are still with the team. We're just trying to figure out roster stuff." Um, it's an interesting situation that I really haven't seen anywhere else. You know where they do that. You know what I mean? Right. Um because i'm trying to find it i apologize for not have being on top of this right away um but that's from what i remember is that they've suspended their contracts so that it's like their roster spots are they they don't take up roster spots um just so they could be ready uh for the regular season um Yeah, that was it. That's I was trying to see if there's any more cuts, but yeah. So that's what it is for right now. We could see a couple more. Uh, we could see a couple more players get cut here, uh, in coming time. But those contracts are suspended for now. Epiphany Prince and Mercedes Russell are still technically part of the organization. Uh, so that's something to note. Uh, Brianna Stewart had a busy lead up to opening game. Uh, she said she's been keeping an eye on climate change. Arena, wait. No, what's it called? Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah, <laughs> and hopes that they can speed up development so that the Storm can play in the new arena this season sometime after the Olympic break. Uh, so that would be anywhere after June or July. The shooting date is October. I don't know if they're going to be able to speed that up. I wouldn't be mad at it, though. Um, she also said that she hopes the NBA returns to Seattle soon, which it, I, I think it's uh, what, probably a couple of years when they uh just for the team to, you know, get that expansion team, and then for all that all to taken, to take place, uh, and then also Stewie signed with Puma uh, after being with Nike. Nike's really dropped the ball. With, uh, I mean, how do, you, how do you mess that up? Um, the Seattle Star will become the first WNBA player in a decade to get her own signature shoe as part of a multi-year deal with the brand. Um, yeah, I don't know how you let someone like that get away. Um around were you going to say something Bennett? No. Okay, I thought you were touching your mic. Uh the WNBA will hold a $500,000 tournament. Uh and what I mean by that is the final prize pool of $500,000. The tournament will be called the Commissioner's Cup and a championship game will be covered on Amazon Prime. Uh so 10 games throughout the regular season will count towards the cup. The first place teams in each conference will face off on August 12th with a chance to win half a million dollars. The Storm's first game against L.A. L.A. L.V., Las Vegas, uh, did count towards the Commissioner's Cup. So they got one win already. Uh, The Cup games will take place between May 14th and July 11th. And the championship game is sort of supposed to signal, uh, signify the startup again of the season after the Olympic break. Um, So that's sort of an interesting thing and it's good that that you know some incentive there uh, throughout the season Um, looking ahead for this team they've got a pretty busy week until we see you guys again Uh, may 18th they will take on the aces again at home and then they will go on the road to play on the 20th against the minnesota Lynx, who have got a good team Uh, and then may 22nd yes at the dallas wings Uh, my astro athletics my astro athletics also has new stuff coming in i know they're working on mariner stuff and they've got some Seahawks stuff coming too if i'm correct so um there's a lot of stuff coming out this summer and just about everything and we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to this summer so uh check out our partners if you are able to find our website uh head over to the partners and contact page um if not it's in the account bios for anywhere you can find this podcast at. I would go check those out if I were you and you care about Seattle sports, which is more than likely why you're checking us out. I'd say, right, Bennett? Yeah, I'd hope. <laughs> um,
0: It'd be really weird. It'd be really weird if you did not You're like just it. Yeah,
1: you don't like sports. You're just like kind of hanging out. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I, we appreciate I the it. listenership, but uh, it, it, I'd be curious. Uh, Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken signed their first player in franchise history. Young dude. Um, the team signed QMJHL. I'll get to that in a second. Free agent, twenty-one-year-old Luke Henman. So QMJHL stands for Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um. So they've got their first player in franchise history, and he will be able to compete uh, when the team gets underway in camps uh, for a roster spot, just like anybody else would. Um. So when we get through expansion draft in the normal draft, he will be somebody to look out for um he's he's like Bennett said, he's young uh, and he showed promise. so it's interesting to see them take that first step and sign that first player. Uh, it's exciting i mean it's it's a step in the direction of this team becoming more of a team and flushing it out as a whole. So again, looking ahead for the shell of Kraken july twenty first is that expansion draft date. We're getting closer uh oil rain now in the regular season i can remove the preseason slash challenge cup banner from them uh, may 15th versus the north carolina courage in the opening game the team would draw with north carolina uh zero to zero uh play of the game uh defensive mid jessica fishlock had five shots one shot on goal she had a really close breakaway uh just wasn't able to convert it and megan Rapino had a, a ball bounce off the uh the side post uh so there were some good chances for this team uh north carolina has been a a good program uh of of franchises they were established so for reference bennett in 2019 the last time that we had a regular season in nwsl uh (laughs) north carolina won the whole thing um they're, they're a pretty good program so i mean to draw with them is not a bad thing at all
0: sure
1: um there, so the rain after challenge cup are two one and one uh in the cup in the in the table they stand seventh in the league out of ten respective teams uh, just because I mean they've only got the one point um and then their next game is may twenty third versus Portland <sighs> Portland will be an interesting game simply because in their Portland's last game they scored five goals and they oh, didn't give oh. it they they steamrolled somebody um they won five nothing, so uh, another big test here for the rain. But um, at least later in the season, they've got some pretty big, uh, pretty big acquisitions, um, and a rumored one that I'm very excited for. But uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been really excited to cover the rain, um, and for them to give us opportunities uh both you know for me interview wise as well as media wise and just to continue to support when we post stuff on socials it's 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 really great and for them to interact with us just as we've been interacting with them it's been amazing please support women in sports it's as simple as just supporting whether it's financially or watching the games it's 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 really not that hard um and hey why
0: aren't you Huh?
1: What excuse do you have really? I mean, when you're sitting there, you know, you know, it's it's really not that hard. I don't need to make any funny analogy. Um just for example, the Rain's opening game was on Twitch. You could have watched it for free. So, you know, um cuz the way it goes is some of the games are on Paramount Plus, which you pay $5 a month. I can pay 5 bucks a month. It's not that hard. Um Some of them are on CBS, and then some are on Twitch. So quite literally, if you know what Twitch is, you can watch the games for free. You don't have to pay. It's not that hard. Um, Seattle Super. Oh, I said looking ahead. Yes, I did. Okay. Seattle Supersonics, I got nothing for you. Seattle Dragons, I got nothing for you. UW Athletics. uh, In Pac-12 news, the Pac-12 finally hired a new commissioner. Uh, It's MGM executive George Klyavkov. I might have blown that, but... That's they hired a new commissioner. I don't really have comments on that. Um, from what I understand, uh, people liked his press conference. But at the end of the day, it's uh, he made some interesting comments. Uh, he said that we know where our money makers are, uh, something like that. So it, it'll be interesting to see what direction uh, Georgie Boy starts to steer the Pac 12 in. Um, no men's basketball news. Uh, we've had some uh, exciting last month, but um, it's kind of been uh, quiet for a couple weeks. Same with women's basketball, baseball, uh, May 14th at number 13, Arizona, the team would lose 16 to 17. This game sucked to follow along with. Cause I think UW had a 16 to 13 lead going into the bottom half of that inning. Uh, and, and I see that they, they lost 16 to 77. no. Oh. They've been in some long contests. I remember they were in like 13 innings and I lost the game and I was like, ah, oh, man. Um, for that game, I had uh second base, Noah Sue, three hits, one run, three RBIs and one walk. Good night for Noah there. Uh, May 15th at uh, Arizona, they would lose one to four. For a player of the game here, I had center fielder Braden Ward with two hits and one run. May 16th at Arizona for the final game of the series, they would lose two to eleven. Uh, here I had right fielder Christian Jones with three hits, one run, no, three hits in RBI um, team sits at 17 and 27 last in the pac 12. Uh, their next series is against Utah for three games uh, from May 21st to 23rd uh, softball would close out the regular season here uh, next week. I know I, uh, I promised uh regular season recaps for soccer and uh, for men's and women's soccer. I apologize for that. I will have those next week. Um, Where are my sticky notes? We've got – so we've got regular season. um, Regular season Seahawks next week. Yes, Bennett. Um, And then season recaps for soccer and then softball as they ended their regular season. Over the weekend, here. I have comments about this, but we'll get, we got to get through it, right? Uh, the team played a four game series versus Stanford from May 13th through 15th. Uh, on the 13th, they would win against Stanford, uh, four to nothing. Shortstop 6th Bates, player of the game here with one hit, one run, and a walk. Uh, May 14th, in the first game of the doubleheader, they would lose one to four. Uh, player of the game would be third base, Bailey Klingler, with two hits. Uh, in the second game of the doubleheader, Uh, They would lose to Stanford in eight innings, eight to nothing. Uh, Morgan Flores uh, was part of the game here with one hit and one walk. And then the uh, series ended here in the final game of the regular season. uh, On May 15th, the team would beat Stanford one to nothing. I had uh, second base, Taryn Atley with two hits and and an RBI. Um, Some team news to get through here. Kelly Lynch uh, for last week earned Pac-12 Freshman of the Week for the fourth time. She now holds the all-time Husky record for most freshman of the week on uh, honors in program history. Uh, Last week, uh, Lynch had hits in an RBI in all four games of the sweep uh, with extra base hits in three of those four games she hit. Uh, Her slash was 417, 429, and 833 on the weekend, uh, including a big three-run home run to uh, cap off a Husky comeback from down 3-0, giving the lead in the bottom of the sixth which would become a six to four Washington win uh, awards. Pac-12 awards are out, uh, but first head coach Heather Tarr got her 700th career win. That's wow. a lot of winning. That is a lot of winning in the purple and gold there. Uh, congratulations and hats off to coach Tarr. Uh So Sis Bates to top off, to start off the awards, earned defensive player of the year for the Pac-12, uh, her third time winning that uh, as well as first team honors. Uh, Morgan Flores earned all Pac-12 first-team honors, leading the Pac-12 in RBIs and conference play. Sammy Reynolds earned all Pac-12 second-team honors um, with a career-high 11 home runs and two Pac-12 Player of the Week awards. Uh, Gabby Plain, God, is she good. Uh, She earned Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year and first-team honors. Uh, She's the third Husky ever to win Pitcher of the Year. Uh, Paley Klingler earned all Pac-12 first-team honors, which is a no-brainer if you heard any of the player of the game honors throughout the season for softball. Uh, She's the only player in the conference with 50 runs scored and 50 RBIs. Uh, Kelly Lynch earned Pac-12 all-freshman team honors. Sarah Willis also earned Pac-12 all-freshman team honors with the longest hitting streak for a freshman in nine years. And then Jadalyn Alchin, I apologize, earned Pac-12 all-freshman team uh, with a 300 average, 22 RBIs, and great defense out there in center field, which you kind of need from your center fielder. I mean, if, well, Bennett, if we're talking about center fielders with not the best defense, I kind of think of a guy that we trotted out in 2019 in uh, Malik Smith. But we're talking about softball here. But
0: boy, um, was he fast. Holy crap.
1: Yeah, he could he do the speedy time. Uh, so the team to end out the regular season was ranked Five nationally, all right. Number five in the nation. So take that into account. They were ran. Their team record was forty-one and eleven. Okay, and today, no May sixteenth in the selection show, the the committee gave them the number sixteenth seed. So take into account that I just told you that they were ranked number five in the nation, and. If we if we go over to Pac-12 standings, uh, softball here, and we just take a look at the teams, UCLA is forty-one and four overall. Okay, uh, and we go to NCAA softball rankings, and we just look at where some of these Pac-12 teams are sitting in the rankings. UCLA is number two. Okay, uh, Arizona is number eight. All right. Oregon's number 11. Arizona State's number 12. So you play in the Pac-12 against several teams that are ranked in the top 15. You go 41 and 11. You're ranked number five in the nation. And you get the 16th fucking seed. I don't care that that word at the end of the show put it in the explicit column.
0: You we were so close.
1: That doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't. It really. It it it's utter disrespect. And you know, with all those election shows, I don't know if you ever watched one, Bennett. You know, where they they, they they give them the number, right? And then they show they got a camera on the team. Um, you know what I mean? Right. And when they panned to Washington, they just got up and left. No one clapped. No one showed any excitement. They just got up and left. Because it's it's utter disrespect. I mean, and I I I would do the same fucking thing. It, it doesn't make sense. And there's no point in me continuing to get upset about it because there's no way I can justify it. So um, <clears throat> so in NCAA regionals, the team will host uh, Portland State on May 21st. Uh, that's, that's all we know for now. Um, let me see if I can find a uh, NCAA softball bracket Um uh, yeah I just I've seen some pretty bizarre things in my time in my in my short time watching these sports but you know man uh,
0: I don't get it so I mean in the entire like the entire greater college softball world is reacting pretty much the same way yeah I mean, even teams yep. in the division are reacting the same way. UCLA, I mean, presumably a rival. I mean, they got first in the division. We got second, so obviously. Oh, uh, he said we. Yeah, don't get used to it. That was a oh, all right, all right. Uh you Y'all got second. Damn um, it. It don't. It doesn't make sense, right? I mean, that division shouldn't delineate two to sixteen, especially when things people like Oregon and Arizona have a worse conference record and a worse overall record. I mean, like it, it isn't justifiable, and that's why, in my opinion, these committee selections oh, are are a little bizarre. UCLA and, got the two seed. Yeah. <laughs> God. And like to to see. There, there's been reactions like this every year where the seating for whatever sport gets all screwed up. I mean, basketball. I mean, yeah, that's going to be controversial no matter what, just because volume of fans. But yeah. even football, when there's like four teams, yeah. there's still dispute over how the seating goes. So th- this this seating by committee just does not make a ton of sense to me. Well,
1: that and you know you got to wonder who's on this committee. Yeah. So. Uh, What's interesting looking at the bracket in the Seattle region. uh, Just listen to these names. All right. So there's Washington. Makes sense. Seattle U makes sense. Portland state. It's okay for, you know, Seattle region. Uh, And then there's Michigan. So Washington, Seattle U Portland state, Michigan. Um, So regionals is double elimination. So, you know, UW, Everybody right now has zero losses. Uh, that May 21st game. Uh, right, did I say May 21st? Yes. Um, and then from there, they go to Super Regionals, which is best of three. Um, and then we continue on from there. But right now, we need to get uh, through Regionals. So, mighty are the women in the purple and gold. Um, just go kick some fucking ass. Just take Completely that shit serious. Problems.
0: Seriously, take you know?
1: it. Um. So, yeah, I'm done being upset. We got through a nice long episode. I uh, I took these things for granted. Um, I was at the game today. Uh, if you know me, you know I work at these stadiums, right? That's no secret to anybody that knows me. Um, I was at the Mariners game, and there's more people. There was 10K uh, fans today, and... They turned on the noise meter. They like they put the noise meter thing on the big screen, um, and it was so loud. It was so loud. I was just so amazed, and it, it brought a tear to my eye. Not to be corny or anything. I was just, it's been so long, and I I hadn't appreciated it. So, I'm uh, it's interesting the way that things are going, uh, with the CDC in the guidelines, right? Um, but it's uh, it's exciting. I've I've temp I've to temper my excitement because I know we're not all the we're not out of the woods. We're not necessarily at home plate yet. We're kind of rounding third. Um, but uh, man, did that feel good to hear that roar, especially at a Mariners game? Because uh, with some of those, uh, especially being at that no hitter. Man, you know, uh, so yeah, just uh I am very excited to be, you know, we're going through these with the guys. Uh and I mean sooner rather than later we'll be recording these in person. And I'll have to figure out how we're gonna do that microphone wise. Um <laughs> I yeah, we'll get there. But uh excited that we've got Seahawks going through the off season and getting through many camps. Uh the Mariners are going through the regular season still. Sounders are going through regular season. The Stormer just starting off regular season. Uh, Kraken signed their first player. Softball's in the regionals. Um, So that has been another week of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. uh, Episode 69. We will be back with you on May. My calendar's not showing up. May 25th. Uh, Getting towards June here. So I want to thank everybody that comes in every week. We're getting towards 2,000 listens here. Um, Yeah, I uh, can't say too much. Bennett, make a nice comment.
0: Thank you for listening. It means a
1: lot. Baba Bowie.